talking about how he should have followed the status quo. That was selfish. <clears throat> so, yes, he had – he was both. So Right. He had the potential, and everybody has the potential for both. But I think he acted on the selfishness. And Yeah. yeah. Like I said, love makes you do crazy things, man. Right. But if you would have listened to Padman, like I said, if, if – you know, just tell Obi-Wan. With with Anakin's history and knowing what Obi Wan has done in the past with Satine, uh, it man, you know who knows what happened. Who yeah, knows? the stakes, the stakes just want as high for Obi Wan, right? So much higher for Anakin. Yeah, yeah. Basically, because of who is playing him. <laughs> At which that goes back to another thing. Like <clears throat> we talked about a little bit in last episode with the hypotheticals, but this is something else that draws everything in together too like a common thread a common a mirrored thing in each uh trilogy which are visions and a lot of times they're misread um or they're used for to manipulate which i think most all of them were so when anakin had the vision of shmi dying and he rushed off to save shmi we talked about on our Sheev palpatine episode which i think was our episode three the third episode of this podcast that uh, potentially, and I mean, T, you and Atterbury can weigh in on this. Um, Casey, you can too. I don't remember what, I think, I think you agreed with me that, do you guys think that Palpatine did or could have caused the visions of uh, Shami being taken by the Tuscans and maybe even manipulated the Tuscan Raiders <clears throat> to, to uh, kidnap Shami? I guess I'll go first. Um, I don't know. Uh, to to kind of revisit that, um, I don't know if he would have been able. Maybe he manipulated the Texan Raiders, but that's 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 a little far fetched for me. Well, we see that, now in the Mandalorian that they're able to be communicated with and traded with and could be bartered with. Yeah, but they're also. I mean, they kind of. I think they kind of view everyone else as kind of uh, kind of like how the Native Americans view you know the uh the usa in terms of like when when we first came in like it's their planet type deal right and you know they did they do attack things and stuff uh I, who knows why they just took me um so i guess that's like the one thing that kind of proves it more in your direction as far as the visions go it's possible um but visions are a thing it just uh, it was more so in the sequel trilogy that the visions were planted well um, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, all signs point to Palpatine. All signs point to Palpatine planting the visions of Padme's death, because he, I mean, he uses it basically. He brings it up to Anakin, like to save your wife from certain death. Use me, use my power. You know, Anakin hadn't told him about this. He was like, "How the heck do you know about my visions of my dying wife, who you shouldn't even know is my wife?" Yeah, true. So yeah, those visions probably accurate. We probably only saw those visions because they were important to the story at the time. But in terms of other visions, I don't think they're all manipulated. Well, Vader, Vader manipulated in the original trilogy. I think Vader took and he didn't ask Han any questions, right? In Empire, all he did was torture him. Why? To lure Luke Skywalker there. So okay. Vader manipulated that vision to get Luke to come to his trap. Okay, because so, he probably knew that he had been manipulated in the past. 
So if you're going that route, then you're going to say that uh, Ahsoka's vision of Padme's death was put there by Palpatine because Palpatine knew that Anakin needed Padme in order for his plan to succeed Wait. in the future. Ahsoka had a vision of Clone Wars. Um, oh, in what, season five? No, like two. It was like late two or early three. Ara Singh was uh, out to kill her. I forget who she was hired by. Could have even been Palpatine. Who knows? But so yeah, so we've got we've got the vision. But my main thing is like Anakin acted on his vision of Padme um, dying and actually ended up causing his causing that to come true. Luke acted on his vision of you know Han being uh, tortured and um, taken captive. And he went there. And what did Yoda tell him? Like, if you honor what they fight for, stay here, finish your training, blah, blah, blah. He went and nothing changed. It still all happened. Han was still taken away. And then in episode, in the sequel trilogy, we hear about Leia's vision that at the end of her training, her son would die. So she stopped her training and she laid down her lightsaber. And Luke told Ray that, she knew someday somebody would pick up her lightsaber and finish her training. Well, yeah, at the well, end of that training with that lightsaber, yep. Ben died anyway. Yep. Would he have died if Leia had continued to just train him? If she had continued her training and trained and had the influence on Ben? Not the same way. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not. No, that's, I, I really like that, uh, that point of view. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. And, and another and another little stupid small mirror. It's insignificant. Um, but where do we? What type of planet do we find all of our heroes in each trilogy? Deserts. A desert planet. Another mirror. A and, diamond in the rough. Yeah. Right. Oh, enter. Um, and then you also look at uh, people kind of got mad at JJ from the force awakens for basically resurrecting the death star. George freaking Lucas did it twice. It was a death star. And there was a bigger death star. Now there's a bigger death star. Can we talked about it on the podcast before. Let's be honest. Look, we created nukes. Then we made bigger nukes and we made hydrogen bombs. Then we made bigger hydrogen bombs. Once you start down the path of, such destructive force like that, you're not just going to be like, well, we made one, they blew it up. They went, oh, well. Yeah, and, so and if you, is, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I'll go on my tangent in a second. Go ahead, Edward. Mine's a tangent break, because it was just a random question I had. <laughs> is uh, Stall Killer based theoretically maybe smaller than the second Death Star? No, it's I mean, it is, a, it is a whole planet, right? Yeah. But... I mean, these planets don't change in gravity or anything like that. I thought it might be smaller than the second Death Star. Well, size matters not when it comes to that because it, it had <laughs> size the... Size never matters. Right, well, it had, it had <laughs> the potential to... It had greater potential to shoot across space and time and destroy systems, not just planets. Right. So, I mean, whether or not it was bigger... I think it was bigger because... It's now all but confirmed in canon that it was Ilum. So, and even it. and even the uh, the second Death Star was smaller than the Endor Moon. Yeah, that was a moon, not a planet. You could have assumed that Star Killer Base at one point in time probably had a moon or two. 
Yeah, we could. I could probably look up how big the planet of the planet moon of Endor is and the planet of Ilum. But uh, what I was going to say is that uh, in terms of real life technology, as it gets better, it gets bigger to a point. You make bigger bombs, you make bigger this and that. But then as technology gets better, you see things get smaller. And you can see that in things like cell phones or gaming consoles or the thickness of televisions. You can see that everywhere technology is computers. Like my laptop that I'm on right now is a freaking million times more powerful than the first computer I ever had that was like a dinosaur. Are you walking us towards the planet destroying Star Destroyers in episode nine? Yes, I am. <laughs> and that's something that people had a problem with too. It's like, oh, they just, well, they just used the same technology and just made it smaller and put it on all these ships. Well, of course, why wouldn't you? Right. Why would you not do that? That's the logical to, thing to do. Yeah. If you had the ability to do it, and have a ton of them everywhere spread out through that you could hold the galaxy hostage if they would have been able to leave Mexico. We can rebuild them, make them smaller. <laughs> yes. I, I mean it's just that's just the logical step to make. I mean what what else is more of a threat than a planet killing weapon like like the Death Star, Star Killer Base, I'll tell you. Star two, than hundreds of Star Destroyers with that on them. I'll tell you one thing more of a threat. Palpatine as all the Sith. Yeah, but he was in control of this and kind of orchestrated it all. Did you see the force lightning beam that he shot out of from his throne? I'm just saying I saw it and I felt the bass. Oh man, that was (laughs) boom. It was like an inception, crazy loud. Do it. It was and you know what? It was it was very similar um, that sound effect and the effect that that had, because we'd never seen that before, was the same effect when Captain Holt <clears throat> did the holdover maneuver. Yeah. To Snoke ship. It went completely silent. It was like, whoom. Yeah. Even, well, I mean, it harkens back kind of too to uh, the sonic charges in episode two, just like silence and then. Boom. Oh, yeah. When uh, Obi-Wan's chasing Jenga. Yep. You know, uh, LucasArts owns uh, THX, right? And that's what I thought of. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to hate that because I have to – it's just like commercials nowadays. Sometimes commercials act like they're at volume like 70 on the TV. When you're oh, yeah, they definitely like – yeah. <laughs> Which is – they're not supposed to do that, but uh, I feel like they definitely are louder than what artificial gain there. But uh, – <laughs> No, I think that uh, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, so if you look look across the entire saga now, you see that we have three protagonists, right? Three main protagonists: Anakin, Luke, and then Ray. And we've we've established that none of them they all refused the call at one point or they all came from nowhere at one point or another they all had to pick themselves up and had to overcome the failures of the past but i think the cool thing about bringing palpatine back in episode nine was essentially we have one main antagonist that ties the entire saga together and so without destroying him, and, and we can see like, just like any cancer, like any disease that you can think it's gone, but sometimes it's not totally destroyed. 
sometimes we think we've dealt with uh, the hate, the problems of the past, uh, the things that our fathers dealt with, but it comes back to bite us, right? Like we're still dealing with some of the same, the same things that uh, our parents dealt with, right? That our grandparents dealt with. Yeah, plus our own new problems. <clears throat> so uh, I liked that now we have one concise antagonist throughout the entire saga, and I think that helps draw it together. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, is definitely a good uh, um, bookend to the entire saga. And uh, th- that brings me to another mirror, too, that people seem to hate. People uh, seem to hate that uh, Kylo turned good, turned back into Ben, right? But we saw it with Darth Vader, who was the biggest, baddest dude in the world. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like, we didn't see that in the prequels at all. So, like, you know, we see all these similar things happen, but that never happened in the prequels. Uh, that's why I said, kind of like that arc of Anakin is drawn out. It's not just – so for Luke – I mean, I guess kind of there is for Luke now. Um, you have a contained arc so far with Ray, you know, seven, eight, and nine. Okay, so far. Um, with Luke, you have a contained arc in four, five, and six. But now we have the arc of Luke, you know, four, five, and six, seven, eight, and nine. So we see him go from a nobody, a farm boy. He realizes who he is. He becomes the Jedi he's supposed to, but then he has a failure. He goes and hides, but then he learns from his failure. He's able to pass down what he's learned, including failure. And in the end, he is there being the great mentor to help the next generation. Same thing with Anakin, right? We see kind of an arc with Anakin, even though it's like an inverse. Um, In one, two, three, he goes from being a nobody then he's a great Jedi warrior, a hero of the Republic, and then he falls. Then he picks himself back up because of selfless love, and he redeems himself in episode six. Right. So to continue what I was going to say, because there's, 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 bigger, there's bigger mirrors here than just Kylo turning good, because uh, <clears throat> Kylo wasn't done yet. Kylo did not, even though everyone hated the kiss, I'm sorry, maybe if Luke kissed Darth Vader in the original trilogy, everyone would have liked it. I liked the kiss. I called the kiss. You did. You did. did. Um, But he did, so he became one with the Force. He disappeared. Um, Vader was burnt, just like Qui-Gon. But um, he was able to become one with the Force, and I assume become a Force ghost later on. We may never know. Um, unless it's just in literature, but uh, he, his last act was to save Ray, whereas Darth Vader's last act was to save Luke, Luke and father, father, father and son type situation, and then you have Ray, um, who is the daughter of Palpatine and Vader's grandson. You know what I mean. So everything kind of, it's all family oriented in, in a way, but he wasn't able to, uh, to go and neither was Leia until he did this last selfless act, which, is, which was to save Rey, which is the same thing Darth Vader did when he threw Palpatine 
down the poop chute of <laughs> Destin. To tie it all together, too, you know, in episode seven, we hear Kylo Ben say, I will finish what you started. Well, what did Anakin actually try to accomplish in going to the dark side? Save his wife from certain death. To save the one he loved. Mm-hmm. What did Kylo do at the end of episode nine? To go save the one he loved. Yeah, he saved the one he loved. He was actually able to save the one he loved from death. After death, he brought her back. But it was with selfless love. Sa- yeah. Self-sacrificial. And I think, and Kylo, man... Um, Goodness gracious, such a good character and the transformation to Ben. Like you see it immediately as soon as he jumps into like the cavern, he's just like, ow. <laughs> when whereas before he gets shot with a bow caster and he's hitting himself like <clears throat> you need a teacher. You know what I mean? So I just like to see the 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 transformation. I thought that was I thought it was beautifully done. It just it was subtle. But it was subtle enough that you could tell that it was a different person, not just yeah. because he wasn't wearing his helmet or his black cloak and stuff like that. Well, and literally, <clears throat> they erased the past from him. So figuratively, the scars, like his scar on his face from Ray, disappeared when she healed him. So not only did she heal, you know, like she healed that wound that she just gave him, but she healed all the wounds from the past, maybe even those emotional wounds. You know, I didn't even notice that. I'll have to watch that and see. Yeah, so when he's there on, on Kef Burr in the Death Star ruins and she heals him, you can watch that scar across his face disappear. And like Han says to him in the next scene with him is, uh, you know, my son's not dead. Kylo Ren is dead. So in that act of selflessness to give a little bit of herself to Kylo, you know, she was able to heal that. But uh, another thing I just, another thing I just thought of uh, kind of touched on earlier, you know, everybody's complaining now, like how come Palpatine is just showing up in the last movie? Right. Yeah. So I was just thinking to myself, like, Maybe not as literally as like he just showed up in the last movie, but in episode or in the in the prequel trilogy, you don't really see Palpatine as Darth Sidious as who he is. He's not fully revealed until episode three. Right. Yeah. It's a last movie thing. It's a last movie thing, and you know the original trilogy, he's not in A New Hope like at all. Nope. He's he he's a hologram in episode uh, five, and then he shows up, and he's a big deal in episode six. Yep. So he's the Phantom Menace behind them all, but it's only in the third act of each trilogy that he really comes into play. Have you seen? I uh, I could probably find it and pull up the list, but people reorganize the film titles to make them reorganize into the first. Yes. Um, yeah. See if you can find that because that's actually that's actually pretty sweet. All right. So what I was saying was that uh, somebody came out with a, a reorganized order of the film titles for the entire Skywalker saga, and it actually makes a lot of sense. It made a lot more. I I didn't really consider this being a, a thing or an option until I saw this, and then as I read through it, I was like, wow, this. Uh, this actually kind of would have been 
maybe better titles for each film, even though they're just reorganized, or it just makes more sense for the, for the movies. But, so I'll go through it. So episode one uh, should have been called A New Hope. Anakin Skywalker, The Chosen One. The Chosen One. And then episode two was The Rise of Skywalker, where Anakin is coming into his own and becoming powerful. Episode three, Attack of the Clones, because the clones, uh, they executed Order 66, they turned on all the Jedi, and they basically became the first version of the Empire. And then episode four, The Force Awakens with Luke. Right. And then episode five would have been Revenge of the Sith. Luke right, strike back. His, yep. Luke gets his hand cut off and all that stuff. And he's trying to, they're trying to turn him. Episode six, The Last Jedi, which is true. Luke was the last Jedi at that point in time. Yep. Right? Um, and then you have episode seven, The Empire Strikes Back. So basically the Empire resurrected. Yeah, First Order, right? Right. And then you have Episode 8, Return of the Jedi, Rey coming into her own. Okay. And then you have Episode 9, The Phantom Menace, which was Palpatine the whole time. Wow. <laughs> that actually is pretty spectacularly mind-blowing. Who, like, who, who is just sitting around <clears throat> and thinking that deep about Star Wars to be like, wait a minute. I don't know. Like I'm like this was six days ago, and um, it just came to my mind because I because like, it's it is super brilliant. I think, um, and I'm trying to go through some of these comments here. Some someone was like episode three, Attack of the Clones. That just makes too much sense. And well, then, yeah, other people saying this is perfect. I'm now cursed with the knowledge that all these titles are misplaced. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just to our point that. You know, even the titles for the movies themselves are so interchangeable because the story itself is so interwoven within itself. And if you allow your, if you take a step outside of what you know of the real world and the behind the scenes, just take it for what it is. Let's not focus on the Star Wars that could be. Let's not focus on the Star Wars that we wanted it to be. Let's focus on the Star Wars that we have. And the Star Wars that we have works. And it's, it works enough and it's cohesive enough that you can switch all the titles up and it still makes perfect sense. Right. And, and, and I, so I find this entertaining, right? It'll take me a minute, but uh, someone, someone responded to that saying, I disagree with your titling of episode one. The Republic was in, some, in a somewhat stable position and no need of real help on the surface, blah, blah, blah. So somebody's posed, posed uh, that The Force Awakens um, be the episode one title, which I can see. But um, so he's, this, is, this is how he says it, says it should go. Episode one, The Force Awakens. Two, The Phantom Menace. Three, The Phantom Menace. Four, A New Hope. Five, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> A New Hope. And then seven, eight, and nine are all The Phantom Menace. And then <clears throat> this is when I, I got a chuckle. I had to mute my mic for a second because someone said, I like my names personally. Star War, Star War, Star War. <laughs> Which is true. Like, it's just like, just enjoy it for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, the, it's Star War. I like my Star War. Like, which Star Wars is your favorite Star War? Which, what's better? Who, what do you like? Star Wars, the, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, or the sequel trilogy? I just like Star War. I like the one where Captain Kirk boarded the TARDIS. <laughs> 
and fought R2-D2. With a sonic lightsaber. <laughs> and see, and there's another thing. There's another mirror, too. Like, the original trilogy, even the prequel trilogy, they had their quirky little droids. The quirky little droids in the sequel trilogy. You know, something, something that, that, that got that that got me right in the heart the other day was the meme where it shows that uh, like we think of some of these characters, like all they lived through and all they went through, like Leia went through a lot, right? Luke went through a lot. Obi-Wan, Yoda, they all went through a lot. Anakin went through a lot. Ben went through a lot. Ray's gone through a lot, but R2-D2, man. <laughs> the champ. And you know he that guy. If there is any sort of like droid therapy, oh man, he needs, he it. needs it. He's the he's the only droid that hasn't had his mind wiped. Right, and the meme right. that I saw that really he just got has me to in, go home and drink every night. Yeah, right. Well, that's why he's always cursing. They got to bleep him out. But <laughs> the the meme that got me was it was just a shot from Episode Three, and it's R two there when Luke and Leia are born. And then the shot in episode nine when R2 is the only one there with Leia when she dies. So he's there when she's born and he's there when she dies. Do you think he was upgraded at all? Because you'd think a droid after like 42 years, like some, some sort of tech would have been pretty obsolete by that point in time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, then again, look at the, look at the, look at the technology in star Wars right now as it stands. Like, uh, Kotor, if Kotor would be, were to be canon right now, like the tech in Kotor is not too far of a stretch from the tech in, you know, the prequels, the original trilogy. Yeah, so yeah forty I mean, years is kind maybe, of a blip. maybe maybe they just stopped trying. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but there was a couple times at least where R two, at least one, I, I, I say a couple because I think there is two where R2 actually restored C-3PO's memory. At least, yeah, in episode nine, we get that. Um, And that's a major thing that we should have seen. Uh, I think if I were to change one thing about episode nine, I think the biggest thing I would change is I would have R2 restore C-3PO's memory, all of it, from the prequels. Well, maybe he's doing it as a favor, like, oh. That was going to be my question. Like, do you think he did that as as his own choice? Yeah, because like, oh, uh, not only did you, you know, like, like me, like we've known Leia and Luke and we were there when they were born and they're there when they died. But also, you know, Anakin, we also knew him or very Anakin made you. Oh, and by the way, remember Shmi, Shmi, you know, you served with Shmi for years and then, you know, she died. So just remember all that and have to deal with that. Yeah, that, and also you, know, uh, you also shot at the Jedi in the Geonosian fighting arena. Right, yeah. Jedi dogs. So speaking of Shmi, we were talking about her being abducted and taken away and how... C-3PO would have to remember all that. <laughs> oh. So you guys were talking about how Palpatine probably distorted the vision and all this. That's my theory. It's loose, but yeah, it's loose. But so in Star Wars myths and fables, they talk about the Tusken Raiders and how they are abducting these people to feed to the crate dragon. And right. then when Obi-Wan 
secludes himself on that planet, he kills the crate dragon. So I my belief is that they probably took Smeed to feed her to the crate dragon. And maybe they why were. Did, I mean, why did they steal uh, Ultra D two in Episode Four? I mean, they would have had to have another reason to. Well, my time Episode Four. They stole R2-D2 in episode four? Well, they tried. I mean, they shocked him. No, those are Jawas. Oh, yeah, right. No, oh, so we see them. Uh, what happened in episode four when uh, Obi-Wan just, had to save the day? They just attacked Luke, basically because Luke was just encroaching on their territory because R2 was crossing their territory to go to Ben. So just like in the Mandalorian, we see they, they're about to cross their territory and the Mandalorian knows good enough to stop and be like, we're about to cross into the uh, Tusken Raiders territory. So we better give them something to trade as passage, but they didn't do that. So I like T's theory because that's why they were like in myths and fables. They, they lived their life for a long time and they were just, trying to mind their own business. But once the crate dragon came and it started killing off all their villagers um, and they realized it only wanted like basically like sentient sacrifice, uh, they started to raid the towns and stuff. First it was Tuscan. They became the Tuscan Raiders. So they raided the town, like the Tuscan fort and took people one at a time to be their sacrifice to keep the crate dragon at bay. Do you, and, think was, do you think it was more of an at bay thing? Uh, we've seen in several different types of games, the main one being Star Wars Galaxies, that uh, crate dragons are useful in terms of <clears throat> the quality of their tissue or crate dragon pearls. Like, do you think maybe they were just raising crate dragons to collect things, or do you think that? You, so you're saying that you think that it's a uh, Tell them about the story. It's, it's like a god type thing. So yeah, basically, the, I don't even remember now. I can't remember where the crate dragon came from, but he just appeared one day, right? And just started eating their cattle. Yep. And then once the cattle was gone, they he started eating their people, and then they were like, "Well, we can't have this." Yep. Another thing Palpatine introduced. <laughs> well, <laughs> mastermind behind everything. Right, yeah, it could have been. It's all Palpatine's <laughs> fault. No, so, yeah, so then uh, uh, first they, uh, I think they went to another Tuscan village and they they took other Tuscans, but then their numbers started dwindling from all the different villages, so they all band together as Tuscans, and then that's when they started, well, sand people, they raided the t- Fort Tuscan, and then they were just always taking moisture farmers, which they saw as like interlopers, right? invading yeah. in their lands so they're like okay we don't want to have to do this to them but better them than us and it wasn't until obi-wan in this book it wasn't in which myths and fables it wasn't until obi-wan came and basically defeated this crate dragon that they stopped taking um taking people a sacrifice how many are left by the time we uh obi-wan is doing that i mean uh, I don't know. How many did Anakin kill? 60, 70 of them? Right. Oh, they even mentioned that in the, in the book. They do. That at really? one point, I haven't read that book. At one point, a Tuscan, they were like, there was a camp, and one Tuscan left to go get more supplies, and he came back, and the entire camp was wiped out. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
Hey, guys. But, I mean, back to my theory with, like, I mean, do you think a Sith Lord like Count Dooku or Palpatine himself could have went and simply mind-tricked a Tusken Raider to be like, yeah, for your next sacrifice, just go take this this, uh, moisture farmer lady over here? I think that we need to remember that there's more than just Palpatine as the bad guy here, but it's... The, He's all the Sith. <laughs> it's the Force itself that is moving things in the universe Ooh. to a certain goal. Is it? So you're talking about Force predestinationism. Force, it's Calvinism and Star Wars. Interesting. Oh, because, like, so, I mean... Like you look at crate dragons, right? Because I'm looking this up too, and it does actually note the appearance of the knight and the dragon, in Star Wars myths and fables. But it said that they were more of a threat to the Jawas themselves, themselves, and uh, the crate dragon's roar was enough to ward the ward off the fierce sand nomads known as the Tusken Raiders. But it also says that they were commonly known for their pearls. Um, which were considered to be highly valuable. So it seems like they were hunted. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Tuscan Raiders had killed the big one and took in a juvenile, kind of like what we did with wolves back in the day, and just feeding it people hmm. um, to where it knows where to come for food. I mean, potentially, uh, but... Training it, but until it gets big enough to where it comes in, they kill it and they take what they need. Potentially, but not that we've seen in canon so far. I mean, we have seen in canon this this situation that it was almost sentient in its evil and its malice, and that it had to be stopped from basically just taking out its anger. And see, there are uh, different variations of crate dragons, though. Like, uh, could it have been? So there was, from what I remember, there was there was ancient, there was right. regular crate dragons, there were canyon crate dragons, there were juvenile crate dragons. Well, this one had wings. If there was so, if if they're dealing with the ancient crate dragon, then sure, I guess right. I buy that theory. Yeah. So I mean, that's not. I mean, that's just straight up a tale from the myths and legends book. Um, so, but the theory that. Palpatine, I think it just lends credence to, I I think it's, like I said before, I think it's too timely. I think it's just too convenient for his mother to have been, uh, you know, to go through this and be kidnapped right when Palpatine's starting to spin all his wheels. Just too convenient. Yeah, well, I mean, coincidence and convenience and malice that they tend to uh they tend to look the same sometimes it's hard to say yeah yeah oh adibur you had a question man i did and now it's been a little bit uh (laughs) well i had that wax question and you answer that um that's it for now you know who we haven't heard from in a minute i want to hear from yost Yost. Yeah, we got to get Yost done. I will. I will send an urgent message to a Yost. It, it would be at a weird hour. We have to. I'd have to wake up at like two a.m. 
to do that cast. I would too, just to have Yost on. He's a cool dude. Yeah, we should, we should try to hook that up. All right, guys. Well, Admiral Atterbury, tell the good people where they can like, follow, and share you. Or, well, um, we all sh- we, we share you with them. I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Atabiz, A-T-T-E-B-I-Z. All right. Darth Tedious. And that's exactly where you can follow me is Dark Darth. Wow. It's Casey's getting to you. <laughs> Darth Tedious at Twitter. All right. What about you, uh, Mr. Casey Schreffler? Uh, C. Schreffler on Instagram. That's C-S-C-H-R-E-F-F-L-E-R. Or I rarely post things on Twitter, um, but it's Film Guy, F-I-L-M-G-Y-E. There's plenty more that I could have delved into a little bit, but I didn't want this to be a three-hour long podcast, so I kept it a little bit uh, uh, minimal. And Shame. Shame. Uh, there's, man, there's so much more. This would have been so long. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said before, everyone has their own tastes and their own opinions, and it's okay to not like something. But if you're going to say this thing did it, and it's okay to say something like, you know, this thing did it better back in 1977, um, that's fine. And I, and I appreciate that. But the the themes and stuff have stayed the same. And that's kind of where I'll uh, step down off of my... Uh, wax poetic soapbox <laughs> right and there's a reason that we're still telling the same story the same monomyth the hero of a thousand faces because... well, yeah, they say that in storytelling in general there's really only 11 stories right they're just retold in different and various ways yeah and i think that's what we have here but i it just expounds. It goes a layer deeper each time. It just builds upon itself. And that's why I said I like so much that we have the bad guy, the, the phantom menace throughout it all. You know, our mascot here at Talking Sith Pod. We need Pappas to do the laugh. <laughs> that's Edward, not bad. We got to hear your Palpatine laugh now. Oh, see, I can only do it when I'm reading the thing. No. Well, pretend like you're reading the thing, whatever that is. Is that a a tattoo on somebody's penis? (laughs) Uh, During Saga Day, I used to read it in quite an interesting voice. I don't know if I can do it on the fly. (laughs) My little green friend. No, small. The Sith will rule the galaxy. And we shall have peace. That once more thing is what gets me. High Republic era. Once more. Uh, Well, it would have been before that, but I want to see when the Sith ruled the galaxy. That's what I'm looking forward to. Star Wars. Well, we kind of saw a little bit of that in the Old Republic game from EA. Yeah, and the Which, ship and those and those short films that they did, like the trailers they did for the release yes. of that game, were freaking. Aw- I would love to see release a canon version of that. Do it, Gandhi Tartak, whatever. What, how do you say that, Gandhi Tartakovsky? Old 
short Clone Wars no longer canon, but you know it was like five, ten minute videos they released every couple of weeks. But it, make it canon. Have so like a small thing like that. But guys, I'm Josh Roach. We're all the talking Sith. You can like us, follow us, and share us across all social media platforms at Talking Sith Podcast, or you can reach out to us personally at TalkingSithPod at gmail.com. Let us know what your thoughts, your feelings, uh, all your opinions are, and everything that we just discussed. Tell us what your problems are with Star Wars, and I will apologize for them. Tell us what your ideas are for new Star Wars going forward, and we will record them. So someday we can say, you were wrong, you were right. I was wrong, I was right. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Vegas the Wise? (laughs) Of course not! It's not a tale that the Jedi would tell you. Good! Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it. My name is Josh Roach. I am Casey Schreffler. And I'm T. Green. And joining us today is none other than the notorious Nathan Atterbury, Admiral Atterbury. Oh, we can't hear you, Admiral Atterbury. Here we go. There you are. How you doing, Admiral? I'm doing well. Uh, run into any traps lately? Nope. I'm... Uh... Scott Free today. Scott Free. Atterbury, the best way to have came out would have been to, for you to just like look at the camera really fast and be like, I'm the spy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually watched an episode, so I don't even know if I was streaming video or just audio, so forgive me. Uh, I, for a second, I thought you were going to say you never watched episode nine, and I was like, oh my God. Oh my Kick this man off the podcast. No, uh, no, we're, we're recording uh, audio and video basically for posterity. We only re- release the audio at this point, but maybe someday we'll rec- release the uh, video. But Atterbury, you've never officially made it onto the air of Talking Sith. There is a, a lost episode with you. Yes. That was what, six months ago? Something yeah, like that, that. Was, yeah, that was a while ago. Um, so uh, 
Mr. Nathan Atterbury, tell us a little bit about your Star Wars fandom. We like to ask all our all our guests and first timers on here uh, how you were introduced to Star Wars and uh, who your who your favorite Star Wars characters are. Hmm. Uh, so I guess I would have to say I started watching when I was like six or seven, and I remember watching it at the Granberries, which I'm Atterbury's or the Granberries or my grandparents. And uh, I remember watching Darth Vader choke out the rebel uh, in episode four and just being terrified <laughs> like, of this man that would just blatantly kill someone right in front of a six-year-old six Nathan. So, um, How times have yeah. changed because Casey and I, <laughs> our daughters love Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except well, my kid is... Not quite old enough to know the difference, but um, hopefully soon she'll be she'll notice the difference. Um, and then my favorite character is probably Luke. Um, he's the most grounded out of all the characters, I think. So I, I feel like I can relate to him the most. Well, you are a boob guy, and he does like those giant alien tits, so... <laughs> Episode six, where he sees the dancer die and he does nothing. <laughs> well, all right, guys. This week in Star Wars news, not a, not a whole lot. Um, we got the Clone Wars coming up in about 15 days. Uh, season seven, the finale, the final season, supposedly. Um, I've been doing my Clone Wars rewatch. I think Casey is uh, just about tied with me for his Clone Wars initial watch. Yeah, it's um, about almost halfway through season three right now. You haven't watched Clone Wars yet? No, I tried to a long time ago. Um, I had I had paid for all the episodes on. Remember those old iPods that had the like two inch color screen? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would watch them while I while I was like uh on the treadmill or something. I thought he was <laughs> drumming. Day. Yeah. I was running. No, oh. not... <laughs> uh and for some reason the files all got corrupted and I got really pissed. And um I, there wasn't and I'd already paid for them and Netflix, they weren't on Netflix or anything like that. So they just weren't super accessible for me and I was a poor college student. So I didn't I couldn't go out and buy them again. Now you're just a poor dad. Well, other times have changed. Poor me. I, I, I was, I've been trying to convince Casey to watch Clone Wars for years. Like, no, dude, for real. It's, it's pretty good. You should really watch it. And what was the message you sent me the other day? Like, mind officially changed. <laughs> Clone Wars yeah. is canon now. It's, no, well, no. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was, but for you, once I got, yeah, once I got through the first season. Uh, I was enjoying it, but then, I mean, it clicked in my head, I guess. And even though I knew it going in, I was like, well, this stuff actually happens between episode two and three. And it just, it made me a little bit more excited um, to watch the characters go through all these things that we didn't know or see about until the show. And um, man, it gets crazy dark too. Yeah. Crazy dark. It's only going to get darker, my friend. Hey, I'm ready. One of us on this podcast has not seen any episodes. Whose fault is that? Time to shame tea. It's the tea shaming time. Shame. Oh, we got our, our youngest talking Sith 
uh, pod fan there? <laughs> I have headphones on, so she actually can't hear you right now, oh, but well. she says hi. Hola. Hey, Mackenzie. Hi, Mackenzie. Welcome to the Talking Sith family. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy too, Casey, because we can talk about this more when it happens, but just to let you guys know, Clone Wars, season seven, it's looking like, I know you haven't even watched the trailer yet, but signs point to the fact that it's going to overlap with episode three. So it's going to go past episode three. Really? So there's like, there's a line in the trailer, Mace Windu's line. Um, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi and uh, Padme is pregnant in the trailer, which we know with Anakin, which we know doesn't, he doesn't find out until past the beginning of episode three. And so we're thinking this is going to go, we're going to see order 66 from other Jedi's perspective, probably see a lot of other Jedi die. And just like more fallout around the galaxy from Order sixty six. Interesting. So it can't get much darker than that. Hey, kids! You know all these Jedi characters we've been introducing you to for the past uh, decade. Watch them all die. <coughs> That's how the announcer starts it. <laughs> Only one be- Kenobi is sad because all of his friends are dead. Who could have done this? Oh. Well, can I take a step back real quick and ask Casey what he likes better as uh, Rebels or Clone Wars? Uh, you someone... know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to answer that question at a later date because I'm, I'm going to watch Rebels after I get through Clone Wars. <laughs> I tried but to you, watch Rebels with I, my kid, but I think you're, you're thinking stuff. of Resistance. I Maybe. actually have not seen Resistance yet, but I've Maybe. seen a lot of Rebels. Yeah, well, we can Case, yeah, I, I think you're thinking of Resistance. Resistance, Rebels is also like computer animated. Resistance is like a weird 2D animation. Yeah, it's like the animation kind of threw off. Yeah, Resistance it's is like good. It's like Dragon Prince if you've I've seen that on Netflix. Yeah. Hmm. You'll like Rebels, I think. I'll get, no, I mean, I'll get through it all. I just got to get through Clone Wars first. We have deadlines, man. Yeah. Deadlines that I have deadlines. to not make. Yeah, T is going to have to take like the next week off of work, so you can just get caught up to where we're at. Uh, uh, In other news, uh, speaking of Season 7 coming out in 15 days, and there's going to be a lot of Mandalorian action in Season 7, the Mandalorian Season 2 is confirmed to premiere in October of 2020. Hopefully it comes out on my birthday. Yeah. Well, my daughter's and my wife's birthday is in October, so... uh... Guess I know what we're doing for their birthday. <laughs> Watching Mando. Watching Baby Yoda. <laughs> my my wife likes it actually, so I don't think she'd be too opposed to it. Atterbury, what what do you think of Mandalorian? Uh, I like it quite a bit. Um, it's very you know, I don't know if I can really say much more than what's already been said about it, and, so, and I don't know what you guys have said on the podcast, but it's very spaghetti restaurant. Um, it's not in your face about anything which i appreciate um i think the general audience can enjoy it just as much as i enjoy it and i think that says a lot for the storytelling that they do in it. yeah i think that's like the biggest thing that's come out of mandalorian is how much it has uh drawn in general audiences like baby yoda is a known factor in pop culture by everybody <laughs> 
you know. That and there was there was something cool that I sent you this week too, Josh, about how uh, they reused some of the things from the actual, hope. like the original um, trilogy. Yeah. In the Mandalorian, <clears throat> super cool stuff, man. I don't know. These guys were being mean to me today about. So today is Nick Nolte's birthday, so I sent them a link, <laughs> and they <laughs> yeah. they were being mean about Ugnolte. Uh, he he seems to think that uh, Ugnolte is still alive, even though he is uh, very clearly he's very clearly dead. Yeah, he's, he's dead, dead, roasting. <laughs> he's dead, dead. Yeah, he's stone here. cold, stark dead, <laughs> stark dead. <laughs> those those uh flying monster beasts are picking at his flesh as we speak <laughs> flying monster beasts yeah i don't, I don't know what they're called. attacked um flying monkeys no, no the things that... what no the the thing no, monkeys. things that things that bit carl weathers oh like the monstrous uh yeah, that that hauled away like the blurgs yeah those like the minox Older, larger, meaner, fire-breathing cousins. Freaking dragons, man. <laughs> I, I was waiting for Kira to show up. Mother of space dragons. Wasn't that a different planet? Uh, Pretty sure that was a different fantasy series. Game of Thrones? I mean, we don't know which <laughs> planet that takes place on in the outer rim of uh, Star no, Wars. The planet where you see the dragons uh, was, I mean, the dragons in Star Wars, wasn't that on a different? Well, there's crate dragons in Tatooine. Uh, We see a crate dragon skull. We've got some more crate dragon stuff in New Canon and lore and stuff. But uh, it was on Navarro um, where the Mandalorian was originally at the cantina and stuff. And there was also um, that uh, ancient beast in the Clone Wars that had res- like lightsaber resistant skin. The Zillow Beast, yes, yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty. Uh, pretty. You, do you remember that arc from the Clone Wars, Atterbury? I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to remember right now. I'm about to uh, Google it. Zillow Beast. Zillow Beast. Yeah, it was on the uh, the homeworld of the Dugs, uh, like uh, Sabulba. And uh, it was just a giant. It was kind of like a uh, Godzilla, paying like homage to Godzilla, and, but like also kind of salamanderish. Yeah, it has yeah. very long, thin limbs. It looks like. And there's actually, um, in one of the Thrawn books, which in the second Thrawn, new Thrawn book, it takes place uh, like during the original trilogy with Thrawn working with Vader. And he has flashbacks to Thrawn working with Anakin during the Clone Wars. And there's a, there's a tie-in to the Zillow Beast in that plot line. Which is pretty, it's pretty awesome how they're threading all that together. Mm. But that's what Star Wars is here. Like we talked about last week when we had uh, the magnificently prodigious Mr. Michael Pappas on the show. Um, how... Everything in Star Wars, all the comics now, you know, all the all the novels that are coming out, um, even games that are coming out nowadays, like Fallen Order. Um, we're hearing rumors of Kotor, or as T likes to call it, Canton, <laughs> um, for some reason. Uh, yeah, coming out, it all ties together. 
and just adds more shading and detail. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, I'm sure some of our fan, our listeners are the ring theory uh, by uh, Mike Climo. If not, look it up, Star Wars ring theory. He's got a whole website devoted to it. And Casey, last week you told us that uh, you would like to wax poetic uh, concerning how the sequel trilogy uh, doesn't only just complete the saga, but it, it seamlessly blends into the saga. And it is an extension of George Lucas um, type storytelling. Yeah, well, that, and, and I, I, I mean, it's probably more soapboxy than wax poeticism. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are several things that, that are not only mirrored, but um, from the original trilogy, but also the prequel trilogy that happen in the sequel trilogy that uh, people just seem to hate. And there's a lot of the same themes. It's okay to hate it. You know what I mean? You can hate it for all, all your reasons you want to. I'm still going to debate with you about it. You know what I mean? Uh, most right. of the time, I, like, I like to play devil's advocate a lot anyway. But it just so happens that I do enjoy um, almost anything Star Wars just because I, I want more of it. But um, You know you shouldn't. You know you're better no. than that. Yeah, I should. I, I, supposed I, to be a Jedi. I want, I want more. And I know I shouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... There's things that are considered, like, if, like I've said before that if the original trilogy came out today, it would not be as wildly successful as it was and, and has been um, throughout the last what, 42 years, right? right? 43 yep. now? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's super campy. Even Harrison Ford said, said, George, you can write this shit, but you can't say it. You know what I mean? Right. We're going to bounce through a supermarket and uh, into the parking lot or uh, from that outtake that uh, they showed at. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot of mirroring themes and I, I think it's fair to kind of go through some of them. Um, uh, the one I kind of want to start with is with uh, Ray um, in the last Jedi, which is probably the most polarizing movie of the sequel trilogy. Or even the whole saga. Probably. <laughs> um, but uh, Ray wanted to go face Kylo. She wanted to go bring him back because she was convinced after the, all the visions and stuff that, that, that he would essentially take her hand and come back to the light side. Um, you go back to Empire Strikes Back. What does Luke want to do? And Yoda's telling him not to go. And well, he wants to go. He wants to go confront Vader, right? Right. He wants to go. He wants to confront Vader and save his friends. Right. Then he wants to go confront Vader and save Vader in Return right. of the Jedi. Yeah. And Luke is telling him not to go. Or yeah. not, I mean, Yoda's telling him not to go. Luke and then Luke's telling, telling Ray not to go. Not to go. So, so there's very, very similar type things happening. Because regardless of whether she goes and sees Kylo, he's not, he's she's going to have to fight him. She's going to have to confront him in some way. Right. And that was a big plot point of the empire strikes back, which is everyone's favorite movie. Well, most everyone's favorite movie from the entire saga, which is fair enough to say it's my favorite too, but that's kind of, that's kind of one moment that, um, that harkens back and I could go on 
a little bit longer for on that if I want to, but I kind of want to hear from, I don't want to hear my own voice for this entire thing. I, I'm pretty sure my wife gets annoyed just listening to me breathe. So, um, well, your wife I, isn't one of our listeners. They, they love to hear you speak. <laughs> oh, do they? Uh, I, I'd be curious for you for, to see w- what one that you kind of have. I'm sure that I, I agree with your viewpoint. I probably have it too in my docket, but what do you, what do you think about that, Atterbury? Any thoughts, Admiral? <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you go first because I am still thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> guys. Well, yeah, I think that uh, you brought up Ray and basically just that one choice for her to uh, go after Kylo, um, and I think that basically what you're hinting, what what you're what what you're kind of chipping at the surface of is uh, what was a main theme of the last Jedi, which was failure. And you can actually trace the threads of that back from the last Jedi all the way back to the prequels. So we see the failure in the prequels of the Jedi council and Yoda in particular, right? That he failed in episode two may says, you know, should we inform the Senate that our ability to use the force is diminished? Uh, you know, they failed at realizing that they were all under the sway of the Dark Lord of the Sith, that they're being used as pawns in this galactic chess game. And at the at the end of episode three, Yoda comes out straight up and says, you know, failed have I. And what does he do? What does Yoda do when he fails? He goes to Dagobah and lives in exile instead of fighting like a champ. Yeah. Mm. I think the ultimate thing that happened was failure, but I think the what I think is a more accurate term is um, well, Luke talks about it in Episode Eight is the pride of the Jedi, and we see that a lot in Episode <laughs> Two and Three. Where I mean, the pride is what was the downfall of the Jedi. I mean, it's yeah. really what caused them to be blind to yep. what Palpatine was doing. It caused them to um, not see that the Clone Wars were happening. Um, and ultimately it's, it's why Luke is still, you know, having issues in episode seven and eight. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the original trilogy, we just basically see the failure of the Jedi and their, their hubris, right. To use one of, you know, that's basically what Luke says is the hubris of the Jedi. And he says, you know, himself, he got caught up in his own legend, right? So in the original, so go from the prequels to the originals, we see basically just the failure of Obi-Wan and Yoda just like uh, multiplied because not only did they fail with their whole order and it led to the downfall, right? They're also failing Luke because they failed their order when they decided to become warriors. You know, like Mace Windu says in episode two, he's like, you know, we're peacekeepers, not warriors. We can't, we can't fight a war for you. But what do they end up doing? Fighting a war. Like, and, what, like five scenes later, he starts doing that? Like, yeah, basically. They're just yeah. manipulated into fighting a war. And so we see Ben and Yoda, once Obi-Wan and Yoda once again, going against their morals, essentially. Um, So the Jedi definitely were too strict. They were too dogmatic in some things, but the things that they chose to be dogmatic in should have been the things that they were a little bit looser on. And the things that they were loose on should have been more dogmatic in, like 
not raising your apprentice, your former apprentice's son as an assassin, essentially. They were raising Luke with the idea like, we're going to raise Luke to kill his father. <coughs> and their failure was not realizing that love, which they thought was the enemy in the prequels, that love was what was going to actually set Vader free. Right. And they use, and they, they skirt around that. Their little loophole was the word compassion. Right. Yeah. According to Anakin, right? Right. And, and to, and you could break down this failure thing to an itty bitty microscopic level. If you want to, there was a lot of failure that like, like you said, there was Yoda's failure um, to be able to take down Sidious. There was Anakin, like the entire thing, spiraled because Anakin thought he was going to fail to save his wife right from childbirth and he ended up failing anyway and then Obi-Wan failed to kill Anakin even though he could have he just walks away probably just out of respect for Anakin at that point in time like out of respect he's probably well I mean he's probably he's gonna die anyway he probably he didn't want to see it he thought he was I see it as disrespect well, I mean, right before he walk, picks up the lightsaber and walks away, he says, you are my brother, Anakin. I love you. If, and, and hate is literally quite the opposite of love. But it's the You're same not supposed to emotion. love either, though, right? Right. But it's the same emotion that triggers those feelings. In order to hate something so much, like, a, like if, 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 if you're married and get divorced or something, or if you had a falling out with a parent and you just hate them and you, you hate your ex – at one point in time, you love them to death. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. you know, like, I think that you equally, in order to hate somebody, you had to have loved them at some point. On some yeah, to reach level. that level of hate. Right. It I mean, has some to people, be uh, a foundation of love for it to be that deep. Right. And, I mean, some people are just dicks. I mean, you, and you just don't like them. Right. You know, like, there's, several, there's several people and things that I don't like, but I don't hate them. Oh, yeah. you, couldn't we even zoom out and say that Palpatine's demise was also his hubris or his oh, pride? Yeah. I mean, really, in the end, in episode nine, we see that he thought it was the ultimate power. Yeah. And, I know. mean, all along, he's been this ultimate power, right? You're yeah. on my same wavelength, Atterbury. You're on my <laughs> same wavelength. If so we're, if it, we're going with our theory from before, yes. <laughs> So in the sequels, we see Luke failed to realize, uh, like, the faults that he had had, right? He, he failed to, even though he basically rose above the, the faults and the failure of his masters, of Ben and Yoda, when it came to love, he, did not, he was not able to rise above and learn from their mis- mistake of basically going and hiding their head in the sand after they, were, they had a defeat. He did the same thing that Yoda did, the same thing that Ben did. After he suffered a defeat, after Ben Solo came and, you know, he had that uh, interaction with him, that fight with him in his hut, and his Jedi temple was destroyed, he went and hid, which is the same thing Yoda did, the same thing Ben did. So who was able to best learn from this lesson um, in the all nine episodes? Was it... Obi-Wan well, Kenobi, where we see him going, uh, living as a hermit for, you know, 20 years. Is it Yoda doing the same thing, living as a hermit? Or was it really Luke in the end, where he, you know... I think, I, think, I think the answer to your question is yes, 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 yes. 
because because <laughs> Ray heard the voices of all those Jedi in her head, and you. I mean, I assume that the other Force ghosts can communicate to other Force ghosts in some fashion or form. Right. Um, and she was going to go into hiding too. Yeah. But it was Luke. It was Luke that that sent sent her back and said, "No, you have everything you need." And I think that Luke was representing the entire Jedi Order. I think that they finally learned it clicked yep. as as an entire unification of the previous Jedi that have the ability to use this Force Ghost phenomenon. So, I, I, yes, 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 and yes, Atterbury. I, I guess, I he guess, may- yeah, I would agree with that. I would say Atterbury. I think that probably to a greater extent down the line, right? So, um. Obi-Wan learned from his mistakes like later, basically post-mortem, right? After Vader was redeemed, as well as Yoda. Yoda also learned basically post-mortem. Like Luke, Luke ended up teaching them that lesson. But then Luke repeated the same mistake, essentially, went and hid. And Yoda had to come back and smack him over the top <laughs> of the head to remind him of the lesson that they had taught him. Like failure is the best teacher. So I think oh. Luke then learned that lesson. Luke learned it very well, and he he learned it so well that he was able to do the most Jedi-like thing and go and face down the entirety, like the entire First Order, non-violently, you know, not even being there physically. He used the Force literally only for defense. And then he died because of it. But I would say who learned it the very best, who was able to learn from it and live and uh use that power to go and defeat evil that would be ray but she like casey said had to you know obi-wan and yoda and luke it all had to come down through them to ray in a culmination in episode nine for her to defeat that evil can I uh, uh, also say that I've been thinking about this person a lot lately, and I think she's maybe the most righteous person in the, all of Star Wars, is Ahsoka. I really think that, you know, she's kind of a sideline character, so we don't see her in the movies. We hear her voice in episode nine, but what do you think of her as being really, like, never prideful? Um, she even did the hermit thing that you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi did for a while, but really she didn't need to do that. She was always in a position where... Well, we'll have to mute... This is where I go, la, 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 la. And we'll have to mute Casey at this point. (laughs) I I would agree with you, but I don't want to go too far into it, Atterbury. And I think that uh, just for purely for Casey and T's sakes, um, but yes, 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 and yes. And I I think we'll see more, just like we're going to go back and fill in more gaps um, with the sequel you know, between the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy, between all the episodes now, I think we're going to get a lot more filling in of gaps with Ahsoka. And yes, I, I do agree. Um, but I mean, the other thing I had in here was basically, if you look at, I broke down in my head, I, I broke down the each trilogy, right? Or like three things, three things from each trilogy. So you have um, the failure of the mentors, which we just went over, right? Yep. <clears throat> we we started to touch on the overcoming, um, like how how our main protagonists or whoever overcome in each of the trilogies. And actually, the thing about the prequels is 
we don't really see anybody overcome anything in the prequels. Uh, you have to draw out the story arc of our main antagonist in the prequels all the way to episode six and Anakin before you see him overcome his dark side. But we see Luke, he, he fails um, confronting Vader, but he succeeds when he's uh, able to make the, sa- the ultimate sacrifice. He throws down his weapon uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi. And then because of that, like I said, we see Anakin succeed and overthrow Palpatine. And then in the sequels, like I talked about, we see everybody overcome, you know, all their past failures and pass down to Rey. And she is able to overcome her past failure and finish what Anakin started, you know, totally destroy the Sith. And the, the other third thing, which I think is a big thing for people is I put nobodies. So, I think it's I think it's fair to say that each of our antagonists, main and uh, sorry protagonists, each of our main protagonists from each um, <clears throat> trilogy were nobodies. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Hmm. Well, I don't know if the prequels have a one protagonist although it's most likely Anakin so hmm, I I guess yes okay what do you think Case because I know that was like a big thing people were complaining that Ryan Johnson set it up that Ray was nobody from nowhere and that made everybody you know it was inclusive to everybody because anybody could be a Jedi Right, yeah, and you know that's that's kind of that's that's super cool for you know for kids, people that are growing up that are watching these type of things, and saying and being being able to be like, look, yeah, one day like I could I could do that. I don't have to be born from this supreme lineage of Jedi, and uh, which has to be true because the Republic would go out, the Jedi Order would go out, and they had holocrons databases of Force sensitive children throughout the galaxy. Before they could go get them, obviously things happened, or maybe they weren't old enough. Um, but I, yeah, I thought that was important. And to, to kind of harken back to another mirror there, at that moment, uh, in that movie, when she's in her training and goes down to the cave, right? Yep. She goes down this dark hole. And same thing, Empire Strikes Back, Luke faces Darth Vader in quotes, in the cave, turns out to be himself. <clears throat> so what is Ray most af- – and Luke was afraid of basically turning into his father, I would assume. I would assume that, like, that cave was – you're facing your worst fear type thing. Right. Yeah. And I think that that was the same thing in The Last Jedi. Ray was terrified of herself, not only her newfound power. She had no idea what to do with it. She has no idea who she is. She goes there asking a question, who am I? And just sees a ton of herself. I think that she is just scared of her and who she is and not knowing who she is. But she did, right? Yeah. And I mean, and you could, you. So the only thing standing between her and the knowledge of her parents was actually her. A lot of her. A a lot of her. Because, I mean, you could look at any one of them and say, yeah, that's right. That's a person. That's just, that's just a nobody, blah, blah, blah. I think that that was something that was kind of screaming in her mind uh, at, at the time. Yeah, and I mean, people were complaining because they said, like, 
it was empowering for people to come, you know, for those that came from nowhere to say like, I don't have to come from anybody special people who are adopted and such, which I know like we should be, you know, and that's a big thing for George Lucas too, because, you know, he adopted his first three children. And I mean, that's, I don't think Ray being from uh, Palpatine's son is diminishing that in star Wars because, and I'll tell you why, because Ray, she had the choice made for her to be raised as a nobody because like Kylo said, her, her parents were nobodies, but by choice. So her parents were her, her father was essentially the heir to the empire, the heir to the galaxy. And for some reason he left and went into hiding and hid Ray from, you know, when he found out his father was back, hid Ray from, from Palpatine, from evil and made her a nobody. He chose to be a nobody. Luke had the choice made for him by uncle Owen to be a nobody. Luke, just like Ray was heir to a great power. He was, you know, heir apparent to Darth Vader as, you know, as Kylo is later, but uncle Owen decided to keep him in hiding, keep him away from the Jedi from away from Ben and he wanted him to be raised as a nobody to keep him out of this fight. But he wasn't actually a nobody all along. He actually had this lineage. He had this destiny. Um, Anakin Skywalker was a nobody, right? He was a slave. But he had a destiny because he was of supernatural birth. He was from a virgin birth. So you could say like, okay, he had a destiny. So he also had something special with him from the beginning. But if you want to get back to somebody who plays a major part in the Star Wars galaxy, who proves that you, you don't have to be something special to do something special, to be part of something special, that's Shmi Skywalker, right? Yeah. Because she was a slave, gave birth to a slave who, became, who was the chosen one. I mean, for all we know, she was... You know, uh, in the Star Wars canon, um, Zerka Corporation is a thing, and it's been a thing since, like, the days of KOTOR. So the Zerka Corporation has been around for thousands and thousands of years. And in uh, Star Wars um, uh, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, they talk about how even, in the, like, right before Episode One, Zerka Corporation is still operating. They operate with these contracts in the Outer Rim, and they do business with the Republic, and they're able to enslave people from these worlds. Like if you commit a petty crime, you're uh, you can be sentenced to be a slave. And if you and if you give birth to anybody while you're a slave, they're a slave. So for all we know, and I would like to think that I mean probably Shami was born from slaves to be a slave. So she literally is nobody from absolutely nowhere, but she is chosen by the Force. So it, it, it flies in the face of what Kylo says in episode eight that, you know, you know, you're nothing. The story has nothing to do with you. No, the story can choose anybody. Anybody can be chosen and be special, you know, step be special. Even if it's just raising your child the right way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the message that everybody likes to hear. It's the message that as when we were kids growing up, um, that we heard you, when you grow up, you can do anything, be anyone, you can be president. And I, th I think that it's a careful message that you have to cultivate a little bit because no, you can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
you you cannot you cannot go be anyone not everyone is smart enough to pass med school and become a doctor not everyone can get the crazy funding needed to become president of the united states so the idea of that um is good and also dangerous because it allows kids to have imagination and and things like that but it's I terrible think it for children to have imagination well, I just I think it has to be cultivated in the right way because I mean you don't want to get it, grow older and work your butt off and and realize like look um, my parents lied to me <laughs> you know what I mean so I think that's I think that was wow weird tangent that I just went on but uh, well Natalia there's only Natalia, so many things you can be. I, well, I mean, I, I even this is probably going to make a lot of people mad, but I already told my wife, I was like, listen, if she wants to go to college, great. But if she wants to go to college for something that she does not need to go to college for, then I will probably speak out against it. You know what I mean? Like, I, if I could go back, I wouldn't go to film school again. I would just, I would have saved all that money and came to LA. I'd be in the same place I am now. Right. You know what I mean? It was, I, I learned more out here by doing than I than I did the other way. If she wants to go to school to be a doctor, fine. You have to, dude. I, I don't want her working in the tunnels in LA with uh, doing doing hanger abortions down below or something like that. But um, that was the thing. The underground abortions were illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were illegal. Um, so basically what I hear Casey saying is no participation trophies for your daughter. Oh no! I want her to feel loved and have that stuff, but I also want her to have a realistic view of the world. You know, to to where like yeah, you can you can do this, but it's it's gonna be hard. You know what I mean? Like have a realistic conversation, as opposed to just being like, yeah, with a beard in my hand. Yep, you can do it. Go ahead. Well, I think to a certain extent, you can do anything you want to, but like you said, like situation you know it's your it has to do with your situation but the the nice thing about you know the dream of america is you should be able to no matter where you come from make your way and make the situation to put put yourself in a situation to do whatever you want to uh, we're now, getting real political man because I think that, that American dream is no longer viable. That's why I said the, 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 the supposed <laughs> dream, the American dream, supposedly. Um, but all that to say, like, okay, so I think that in the, in the prequel trilogy, we see that a selfish love makes Anakin turn to the dark side. A selfless love in the original trilogy turns him back. So if you're uh, selfish, right, and you can cause your situation and you're selfish about your power. So like a selfish, selfish life and selfish power causes you to suck the life out of others and take and not give. And that's like the Sith, right? That's how the Sith maintain. That's how, uh, according to, to the theory I brought up on here of one Sith that they maintained and kept themselves alive through the thousand year reign um, by sucking like, the life force out of each other killing, but only to be absorbed. Right. And even what Palpatine does in episode nine, sucking the life force out of Ray and Kylo out of that dyad. But on the other hand, selflessness requires, you know, one self-sacrifice and the Jedi are self-sacrificial. 
those who attained, um, you know, were able to maintain their, their, their presence and their persona in the living force after death. They did so by facing their dark side and being selflessly giving themselves over. So So they were empowered by, and then they empowered Ray by this. So we have the selfishness of all the Sith and the selflessness of all the Jedi behind Ray. And, but how, so I'm saying like, that's how you get, it, it depends on how you get there. So you can, by all means, you can be selfish and corrupt and manipulate things and you can rise to the top. But, you know, the right person like Ray can be ushered to the top by other people making sacrifices for them. And who, who should come out on top in the end is the selfless person, not the selfish person. Right. And I think, I think things unfortunately kind of happened too late, obviously for the Jedi order because as people hated it, but she kissed Kylo. Um, but then you look at, uh, you said that Anakin's love was selfish and I agree and also disagree at the same time. Um, I think that he was pretty selfless when it came to Padme and he just wanted to save her. But, but knowing that he probably would have been expelled from the Jedi order at that point in time, like Anakin's always kind of been a warrior, you know what I mean? He's always kind of been that kind of a Jedi. Um, and to be expelled, um, I don't even know if the Jedi would have expelled him. He's so powerful. And as a you know, in episode one, why was he helping in the pod race? Was it a selfish reason? No, he was. No, he I don't was, think. Yeah. So he was selfless yeah. then. Right. But love, but love makes people do crazy things. Right. Right. And if, if he was a little bit more selfless and actually listened to Padme, because I think that if he would have actually talked to Obi-Wan, having known what I've seen in the Clone Wars yeah. to this point in time, I think Obi-Wan... He would have understood. Yeah, he would have gave him a pass, but, but, but been like, dude, you gotta... It's another pride thing, I guess. He was prideful and didn't tell his well, he was, about his history. He was selfish, right? Because he wanted, the cake and eat, he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. So yeah. the selfless thing would have been like what Padme suggested in episode two, which is we can't live a lie. Both of us are basically public servants. We've, we've both sworn to devote our lives to public good and to service. So we should just go about, you know, how the stick with the status quo. You're a Jedi. I'm a Senator. We don't have time for this. So the self selfless thing would have been like what Obi-Wan did. And Satine and just to say like okay we're just going to stick with it they still had feelings for each other they still loved each other but they chose the selfless the selfless path right kinda... at, that, at that time okay when 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 everything went tits up is because Padme is pregnant mm. you know what I mean yeah what were you going to say Atterbury well it kind of reminds me of other stories that you know our generation has you know, hard before. And I'm going to bring up the big one that I can think of the tip of my tongue is like Harry Potter, where we see in, you know, the seventh book, the seventh movie, he tries to, you know, allow himself to be killed. Um, and it's very similar to the, the stories that we see in Star Wars. Uh, probably Star Wars set it for. But 
uh, where we see this also this person that is kind of not really flushed out very well so we can relate so anyone can be a Jedi anyone can be a wizard and um, can they do? Every, well it's it's just a really like you can relate to this person. tell that to Voldemort <laughs> It's a nobody that anyone can, you know, kind Relate of put himself into. And I guess that's what I was thinking about when you guys were talking about that. 